All right, welcome in. This is an emergency Score North Gopher show. Phil Mackey here with you, and uh, I don't even have coherent, organized thoughts. I don't have any notes. I literally just walked back to the Score North studios from Arrakis TCF Bank Stadium, where the Gophers just pulled the biggest win of my life as a Gophers fan. I was born in 1985, and... The 34 years of watching Gophers football, or maybe 30, 29 or 30 years of consciously watching Gophers football, is almost entirely defined by heartbreak and blown leads in games like 2003 Michigan, where freshman Phil Mackey is sitting with his friends, a couple beers in, probably illegally, trying to figure out how to storm the field as Michigan chips away at a three-touchdown lead, down to two, down to one. Every step of the way has been heartbreak. And I think today, for guys like me, for guys uh, like Doogie, who I'm going to bring on here to start this show, was therapeutic. It was church in session in some ways. Um, I don't know, man. This is this is the most elated I've ever felt as a, as a guy who's been watching go for football for 34 years, Dugs. What, what what are your thoughts right now? Hi, fellow. By the way, congratulations, fellow Gophers alum. How great was that? You do sound coherent, by the way. You sound coherent. You sound sober. I only had one beer. I only had one beer at the game. I was too nervous. I was too nervous to drink more than one. This is crazy, Phil. I mean, to think about it. I mean, I don't think in my lifetime I ever expected this football program to have an eleven-game winning streak, to have a run over fifteen games of thirteen and two, to win a game that I'm not quite sure a lot of us thought they could win. Right? Even though the point spread was a touchdown or less. I still think a lot of us were like, yeah, I don't know. Can they match up with Penn State? Have they played anybody? I mean, heck, even Phil, after the Georgia Southern game, let's just circle back like five or six weeks. If I had told you after the Georgia Southern game that we would be sitting here talking about a 9-0 team, a team that absolutely should climb into the top 10 in the AP poll for the first time since 1962, yeah. should absolutely climb in the playoff rankings. They're 17 now. I mean, I would hope they jump a lot of the two-loss teams. I would hope they climb seven, eight spots. I don't think that's unrealistic when you beat the number 14 in the playoff rankings. I mean, Phil, I'm just telling you, all that, just never in a million years did I expect all of this to happen. Yeah. No, it's – um, I feel like I, I the, the early season close games obviously were sort of cause for pause and – when you're squeaking out games against directional state schools and like it just um, it, it felt like, all right, maybe they can get to eight or nine wins with a weak schedule uh, and they'll probably they'll probably have to build those wins before they get to the Penn State game. And so I think everybody even even after they started throttling the early portion of the Big Ten schedule, I didn't have a huge problem with the college football playoff committee putting them 17th because I thought they should have been higher. I thought they should have been above some of the two lost teams, but I mean, this was the ultimate prove-it game. It was, it, was, it was a prove-it game for where you should rank in terms of this year's uh, college playoff rankings, but it was also a prove-it game in terms of where is this program really at under P.J. Fleck. Has he feasted on a weaker schedule, um, or does he really have this thing on another level? And I, I think emphatically he answered that question today. This, thing is, this thing's on a higher level than it ever was under Glenn Mason. I don't think that's a hot take. I know that we're sitting here, you know, an hour after the game is over. Um, I don't think that's a hot take. And I don't know if I can name a higher peak moment, Doogie, in the last 
40 or 50 years. Don't tell me a, don't tell me a Sun Bowl. I know some people are going to say, well, they beat number two Penn State in 1999, but that wasn't undefeated versus undefeated this late in the season. So this is this might be like a 40-year peak for Gopher football today. I don't necessarily disagree. Here's why. Have we ever, Phil, been able to smell the roses on November 9th? Maybe on October 9th. You know, you go back, you know, leading into that Michigan game in 03, or maybe some instance in 02 after they won in the horseshoe, or maybe even 99 after the Penn State win, or maybe at some point early in the season in 04, coming off the 03 momentum. And I can't recall in my lifetime, I'll be 40 in January, so I can't recall in my lifetime ever legitimately smelling the roses on November 9th, sometime in November. Keep in mind, I mean, if you're the Pasadena folks, and let's just play this thing out. I do think Ohio State, and they put 73 on the board today, I do think Ohio State is the best team in the country. I think they have three legitimate Heisman Trophy candidates, although Chase Young being out for multiple games here, it looks like. You know, he's probably not going to win the Heisman. But I think they have three legitimate Heisman Trophy candidates. Let's just play this thing out. Where it's realistic to think that the Gophers play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis in early December. Okay, let's say Ohio State wins that game. Okay, I'm trying to be a realist here. Let's say Ohio State wins that game. Well, guess what? Ohio State is one of the four playoff teams. So who do the Rose Bowl folks take? Would they look at today, Penn State, Minnesota, as some sort of tiebreaker and say, okay, we need to welcome the Gophers to Pasadena. I'm just saying, I think that's a legitimate talking point. I think we can have that conversation legitimately right now, wondering if the Gophers on January 1st are playing in Pasadena. You know what's funny? I I don't know if I was ready. We we talked about this on Mackie and Jeb with Rami throughout the last couple of weeks. Um, and I and I told the guys on the show a couple times, I don't know if I'm ready, and I don't know if we're ready to have the conversation on Sunday and Monday after this game if they win. Because now, think about all the different conversations that open up. The Rose Bowl conversation that you're talking about, uh, going to the Big Ten Championship game. At this point, it would be an epic collapse if you didn't get to the Big Ten Championship game to play Ohio State. Hey, what, Olo, can I stop you there? Sure. Can I just stop you there for a second? Because they haven't won in Iowa City in 20 years. So that is no layup next Saturday. In fact, I guess I would not be shocked if that's like a pick or if Iowa's like a one- or two-point favorite. That would not shock me, okay? Now, maybe we should have the expectation that they beat Iowa. But I'm just saying that isn't a layup. And I'm telling you, maybe it's my bias for me and Madison watching Wisconsin just demolish Michigan. And maybe I need to watch more of Wisconsin because they have not played well the last few weeks they're turning the ball over a lot more you know the loss at illinois ohio state destroys everybody so i don't think wisconsin needs to apologize for for losing in columbus but i'm just saying i don't think the november 30th game is necessarily a layup so i'm just saying yes i think it's realistic to think the gophers end up in indianapolis in early december but they still have some work to do now i think we all think the november what is it 23rd game in evanston that should be a lamp. Northwestern lost again today. They have one win all year. They have an abysmal offense. I think it's realistic to think you go to Evanston and win. I'm just saying, though, I still think the Iowa and Wisconsin games are enough of a toss-up where I can't like sit here definitively. Even though I just said we can have a real Rose Bowl conversation, we can smell the roses, I still can't go all in by just feeling like 100% confident that the Gophers beat either or both the Hawkeyes in the bad. That's fair. That's fair. But and and I and, and I guess epic collapses is, is too strong. So everything you just laid out is is one hundred percent right. So I'll I'll back up a step. But 
here's the other road and the other door that we haven't talked about. I'm not saying it's likely, but the college football playoff doogie is on the table right now. I'm just it's saying the, 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 the college yeah. football playoff it's is on the table. Yeah, yes. sing it. It's on the table. Yes. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's ridiculous to say, but it's on the table. How high, how high do they climb? I mean, you have to jump Kansas State. You have to jump Michigan. You'll jump, well, let's say Iowa beats Wisconsin. We're talking as that game's 3 nothing, like late first quarter. But let's say Iowa holds on and beats Wisconsin. You're absolutely jumping Wisconsin. You have to jump your Notre Dame fighting Irish, right? They have two losses. You have to. So, yes. I mean, how high no, do you no go? Question. I mean, do you jump potentially Utah? Do you jump Oregon? I mean, Florida? Florida's got two losses, but Florida's played a loaded schedule. I guess the question is how high do they climb? We know they're climbing. They're going from 17 to somewhere. I just wonder how high they get. But, yeah, it's a fair conversation. Yeah, the o- I mean, the, o- the only reason why they were behind any of these two-loss teams and some of the one-loss teams is because the, the committee literally just said, hey, we're watching you. We see you. You haven't played anybody. Your strength of schedule isn't there. But, but I, I guess what I'm wondering is if the college football playoff committee had the Gophers uh, 17th and Penn State 4th, did, if, if they really believed that Penn State was the fourth best team in the country coming into this week and the Gophers had a two-score lead for basically three hours today um, and it, it got a little bit hairy there at the end. But the Gophers, oh, it got a lot hairy. Yeah. But the Gophers handled Penn State today. It wasn't like they lucked into a win or fluked their way into a win. They handled Penn State today. Um, I, I think they for sure jump into the top ten. I think they jump all of these two-loss teams. It would be ridiculous if they didn't jump all these two-loss teams. And I think they jump some of the one-loss teams. So I, if... if People are going to probably be listening to this uh, after the rankings have come out. At least some of some of the people. I think they're like, I think they're like seventh or eighth, Doogie. I, I think they jump like ten spots. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I mean, I don't know if they're eight, nine, ten. I mean, they have to jump at least as high as ten. I mean, they absolutely have to jump Kansas State. Even if Wisconsin beats Iowa, I think you have to jump two loss Wisconsin. I think you need to jump Michigan. I can't believe Michigan is fourteen right now. I think you have to jump Notre Dame. I think it's fair to think, you know, should they jump Utah? Should they jump some some other teams? Maybe Oregon, certainly a two-loss Florida team. So, look at a fair conversation. And I'll tell you what, the playoff committee should look at how good this Penn State defense had been entering today. What was it? Like, how many touchdowns did Penn State's defense give up going back eight games, you know, all year? I mean, was it something absurd, like nine touchdowns? Yeah, I've got their nine schedule here. touchdowns given up? I mean, I'm in the vicinity. I'm in the ballpark. Yeah, they, so here's, you know, well, here's the, the points. Have, I'll do yeah, the, the Gophers the, have three touchdowns snap for the fingers. I mean, there's something to be said about how the Gophers won today to amass all those yards. And by the way, how many yards did they have in the fourth quarter? I think the Gophers only had 11 yards in the fourth quarter. Yet still finished with what? Over yeah. 400 yards. So the way they beat Penn State, the way they handled that really good Penn State defense, there's something to be said about that. So I would hope the committee looks at that. Okay, this is amazing. So Penn State, I don't know. So, all right, here's the math. Penn State coming into the game for the whole season, the whole season, eight games coming into the game had allowed 77 points. Yeah, okay. The, so, yeah, nine touchdowns. They had allowed nine touchdowns. In eight games, and the golfers fell. The golfers had three touchdowns. I'm telling you, snap their fingers. Yeah, amazing. Um, so there's something to be said about that. I think that thing got really hairy at the end, Phil. I still can't believe that the Penn State receiver fell. I mean, if you go back and watch that, and I happen to tweet 
the video of it. You will see CP for, for Hamer's Twitter plug. Uh, if you go back and watch that play, I mean, he had a pass. I mean, I know Winfield was converging, and the other DB on the other side was converging, but I think that wide receiver is fast enough if he doesn't lose his footing that he gets in the end zone. Yeah. Now, who knows? Maybe the Gophers still win the game. The Gophers would have had like a minute 40 left. You know, who knows if Penn State gets the two-point conversion. Minimum, it's 32-31 Penn State. Maybe 34-31 if they get the two-point. The Gophers still would have had a chance. And I'm just saying, you know, you go back and, and watch that. You go back and watch the offensive pass interference call. Now, when that was that was questionable. I think that's a fair conversation to have. That, that that play, in that moment, that I was surprised that the refs threw the flag. And then on the interception, the Howden interception that, that ended it, you know, if you go back and watch the Michigan transfer, number 25, the Gophers DB, he held the Penn State receiver. They didn't call it, uh, but they easily could have called it. So a lot of things went to Gophers' way, especially on that final Penn State drive. And, and you know what I say to that? It's about time. Well, sure. Well, how about Penn State's last touchdown? Uh, it was clear as day that the ball was snapped after the play clock expired. They let that play happen. Yes. So, it absolutely stuff goes both ways. Let's not ever forget that. Yes. Uh, hey, I'm going to let you go. I've got. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to bring Judd Zolgad into the conversation because he's actually just coming up from the PJ Fleck press conference. But real quick before we say goodbye to you, I know this win means a lot to you as a guy who is a University of Minnesota alumnus. Uh, just any final words on what's probably almost certainly the biggest go for football win of our lifetimes, Dukes? Yeah, I mean, I just. You know, big knockers knocking big opportunities, right? And, and I thought the big knockers knocked today, and it was great to see. You know, and I have a bias just because I end up doing a lot of high school stuff with, with the TV gig, you know. So I remember doing stuff in Tyler Johnson, you know, back in Minneapolis North, you know, or Sam Sluter, you know, back in his high school days. I think about that 2016 recruiting class. You know, Connor Olson, Sam Sluter, starters on the offensive line, Tyler Johnson, uh, Coney Durr. Had a really good game today, 16 for the Gophers, the defensive back. He was in that 2016 recruiting class. Antoine Winfield Jr., two interceptions today. I think he's going to have a lengthy NFL career. He was in that 2016 recruiting class. So, Fleck deserves all the praise in the world. But I guess, you know, maybe it's my bias, too, because I still consider Tracy and, and Jerry and, and many staff members, you know, from that 15-16 run, 14 run, uh, friends to this day. Uh, credit to them for bringing in one hell of a recruiting class 2016. Yeah, amen. All right, Dugs. enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, Phil. And oh, by the way, Rashad Bateman, oh, my God, Phil. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Right? I mean, let's let's give praise there. I mean, Georgia offers him at the last second. You should have seen his his offer list that final day before he signed in the dotted line. You should have seen his, his offer list. Home State Georgia comes in last second, offers him. Yet Fleck convinces him to still be a gopher. Rashad Bateman is going to also have a lengthy NFL career. He's what ridiculous, done. yes. Uh, by the way, seven catches for 203 yards today and a touchdown for Rashad And then how Bateman. about the pass interference that he drew? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a huge play at that time. So, yeah, seven for 203. And I thought the pass interference one was, was huge as well. Yep. All right, that's Darren Doogie Wolfson. Follow him at DWolfson, KSTP on Twitter. And also, uh, we're going we're gonna to post this to the Scoop feed so for, for Doogie fans, you can hear his reaction on the Scoop feed. Um, and if you're listening to this on the Scornorth Gophers show feed, go subscribe to the Scoop podcast. There's a couple episodes usually every single week, and you can hear it on Fridays at 6 o'clock on Scornorth. All right, Doogie. See you, buddy. All right. Take it easy, Phil. Love you. All right. Let's go back to TCF Bank Stadium, where Judd Zolgad and I took in 
this incredible football game from uh, from a luxury suite. That it's funny because we had a charity auction a few years ago, ben- a few years ago, a few weeks ago, uh, benefiting Union Gospel Mission, and now it's the Gophers Penn State game. You know, let's uh, you know, let's uh, let's get some money for if, if we would have done that three days ago or now retrospectively, if people would have known what was going to happen, we probably could have got a thousand bucks a ticket for charity for this thing. But you uh, you took in the game. We watched the game together, and then you went down, and uh, and you were in, in the post game activities with PJ Fleck and his press conference. So just the floor is yours, Judd Zolgad. As I as I laid out to start the show here, uh, this is the biggest Gophers football win of my life. The Gophers have reached a new peak in my life, going back to 1985, and you could probably even stretch it back 20 years before 1985. So the floor is yours. Well, and congratulations too, because you have you have. I mean, I like this program and have followed this team for a longer period of time because of my nearly 50 years on this planet than you. But you have been far more invested. And throughout the course of that game, and as things looked, uh, I don't want to say bleak, because they probably weren't completely bleak, as things looked dicey. How, how's that for one? Yeah, I, I would say, honestly, I, I would, bleak is not a terrible word when Penn State had the ball inside the 10 with a minute and a half to go. I, my, I mentally shut down at that point. The game, to me, the game was I over. I sense that. I can yeah. sense that, but but the point the point being, and the reason why I was so positive on the show on Friday, and, and PJ Flex sort of uh, drove this home again in his uh, post game press conference, which was nothing short of a Sunday gospel, uh, uh, basically complete with almost a choir. Because I mean, <laughs> the intensity in that post game press conference was was uh, out of this world. But you know what? The thing about that near meltdown, Phil, and I think this is the difference in how this program is now with Fleck, is he honestly doesn't really care, or not doesn't really, he does not give a damn. He does not care about what transpired in this program, as he said in his postgame comments, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, or 10 years back. And so as things look like they might go sideways, and a lot of us, I'm sure, all thought, oh boy, here comes the gopher meltdown. That's not how this team thinks, and that's not how its coach thinks. And I think, especially with a group of young players like this, that's incredibly important, too. So did they almost go for it? Absolutely. Am I surprised they didn't? Not really. And that was that post game was just awesome. It was so much fun. I mean, how long have, have people like you and people like me and so many people in the state, how, many have, how long have we waited? for a moment like that, yeah. where the field is stormed, where you say to yourself, you know what, it's happened in Iowa City, it's happened in Madison, it's, it's uh, taken place at SEC schools, and now we get at least a, a nice big helping of what that looks like. And that was, if you're a sports fan, I don't care how jaded, young, or old, if you're a sports fan, that was awesome. I think this game... The signature gopher football game of my life is the 2003 Michigan game that we've talked about a million times on our show. I think this game cancels it out. I don't like I, after this game, and I get that we're we're still within a two-hour window of the game ending, and so uh, I don't know. I'm not, I shouldn't be held responsible for anything I say right now, but I almost feel like the 2003 Michigan game doesn't matter anymore after this. I mean that because that. Because that was that was the gatekeeper game where if you would have won that game, your program gets to a different level. You become a top ten team in the country, just like the Gophers are going to be when the new rankings come out this time around. Um, yep. And I and so I, I I know they've had other chances in the last fifteen or twenty years and different coaches and they've had some they've had some decent wins and they took the axe last year, but that was always the game that stood out 
and just sort of defined the program in the last 20 years. And I think this win over Penn State at least takes that game against Michigan and, and lessens the blow. That's my feeling on it. Oh, for sure. But that's, that's the difference, right? I mean, that's 2003 now. That's what the Gophers were. Flex point is that's not this team. And he's right about that. So, but, so here's my question, though. What type of step does this take towards, um, towards, I don't know if healing is the right word, but towards changing the attitude of the Minnesota sports fan about who we are, too? And I'm not just talking Gophers. I'm talking Gophers, potentially Vikings. Because think about this. How many of our teams are, are in a situation like the Gophers were with Penn State driving late in that game? And we know or we think something's going to go wrong. It's going to happen. It always does. And today, it came as close as it possibly can. And guess what? They still won. So I, I guess my point is, does this at least take a, a small step of some sort towards soothing those wounds and saying, yeah. maybe it doesn't always have to be th- this way when it comes to take your pick next, the yeah. Vikings? Yeah. I mean, the, and, you know, I even know. the Vikings, the, the Minneapolis miracle was kind of a, a taste of that. And then, of course, the next yeah. week they get pounded by Philadelphia in the, in the championship game. Um, the other question Doogie and I were kicking around is how high do they climb now? I didn't have a huge problem with them sitting 17th in the college football playoff rankings because they hadn't really. I understand why they would put some of these two loss teams and like Auburn 7 and 2, Florida 7 and 2 at 10 and 11. And well, they're playing tougher schedules. The, the Gophers would have a chance to prove it against Penn State, and they did. And if the college football playoff committee legitimately thought Penn State was the fourth best team in the country, and the Gophers. The Gophers look better than Penn State all day long in this game, even though things Correct. got dicey at the end. Um, I, th- I don't think they jump into the playoff, although that is, that's now open for discussion over the next couple weeks. But I do think they jump about 10 spots. I think they prove themselves worthy of jumping up into the top seven or eight. So where are they as far as is, does Penn State drop, do you think, below them by like one spot? And do you think they, dra- they go up to like, I don't know, to your point, do they go to eight? Penn State nine now. Yeah, Penn. They they have to be above Penn State, so you have to drop Penn State enough. Penn State probably moves toward the back end of the top ten, um, and then the Gophers probably move into seven or eight. And then it's it's crazy to say. I mean, obviously now Rose Bowl's on the table, Big Ten championship yep. games on the table, and uh, and as insane as it is to verbalize, the college football playoff is on the table. I'm not saying it's like. The centerpiece of the table, but it's definitely right, but it's, it's definitely a side dish on the table right now. You're right, exactly right. And and listen, if I was if I was to be as realistic about um, what we saw today, where this program stands right now at uh, nine wins and no defeats, I would say this: if you could assure me, like if you could tell me today now, this means that on January first you're going to be playing in Pasadena, I would take that fill in a heartbeat. Yes, I mean a college football playoff. That's that's a fun talk, and and they're undefeated, so you can't just say, "Well, no, no, no." But if you if you were to tell me that Ohio State now in a couple of weeks, I believe they play Penn State, they beat Penn State uh, because I do think that they are clearly the best team in the Big Ten, and that the uh, Big Ten playoff game is now Ohio State and the Gophers, and that the Gophers lose that game. You know, let's say they lose it by ten points or something, and then the Gophers are the Big Ten representative in the Rose Bowl, I mean, I can't tell you how quickly I'd say, sign me up right now. January 1st, Pasadena, California. Yes. I'm in. Yes. 
So this is uh, this no is no regret. No, I mean. <laughs> Now don't. Now this is. We'll get to this midweek. Now is not the time for what I'm about to say. But like the, you have, you have a couple classic trap games coming up here that you need to avoid uh, before you start to book trips to California or New Year's Day. But uh, but this is the this is the most fun I've had watching go for football. Today was the peak, and it's definitely. Definitely a time to sit back and soak it in if you're a Gopher fan right now. P.J. Fleck is the real deal, and this Gophers team has proven itself to be the real deal, too. Any final thoughts from you from TCF Bank Stadium, Judd? Yes, here's my thing about this team, and it's the reason I was so positive on Friday, and it's the reason that I remain optimistic. This team has accomplished, in pretty convincing fashion, uh, um, Big Ten schedule-wise, Phil, it, it has accomplished its goals in a way that, that makes you say, that's impressive because you were not going to go in, I don't think, and blow out Penn State, right? So, yes, that game at the end of the game was closer than fans would probably have liked, but it's a damn impressive win. Like, there's nothing about that win where you're like, yeah, but, right? Yeah. And, and previously before that, the knock on the Gophers had been, well, they're beating bad teams. But they beat those bad teams by an average of, like, I don't know, two touchdowns or, or 17 points. And so – the thing that impresses me about this collection is that it's not just like, oh, they're getting by in every game, and that's nice, but it feels like luck. They are, if they play a bad Big Ten team, they're beating them convincingly, and if you beat Penn State and, you know, the number four team in the college football playoffs as of last week, if you beat that team, that's just impressive. So at every turn, I give them credit because they impress you. Yes. Amen. Um, all right, Judd. How's that? You, All right. You'll, you'll be able to find Judd's stuff on scorenorth.com. Also, for people who don't follow Scornorth Instagram, Scornorth Twitter, Facebook, so much stuff posted, not only from the just the stands, but um, all kinds of stuff posted throughout the game and just fun little snapshots and videos uh, of, of the postgame celebration. So go, go give us a follow if you don't already. And we'll do this on Monday on Mackie and Judd with Rami, Judd. Awesome. Fun day, Phil. All right. See you, man. All right. That's a wrap. Emergency episode of the Score North Gopher Show. And if this is your first time listening to the Score North Gopher Show, be sure to uh, give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify and and give us us a rating because it helps the show find more people and it helps helps grow the show as well. And uh, give a listen in the next couple days too because the usual hosts of the show, James Murphy, uh, Daniel House, Ross Brendel, they're going to have a bunch of stuff for you too, but... Phil Mackey here. Appreciate you listening. Gophers beat Penn State. They beat the number four team in the country. They're undefeated. They're 9-0 and going into the final three games of the season. How high can they climb? Is the college football playoff really on the table for the Gophers? This is uncharted territory for a lot of us who've been watching this program for a long time. Maybe for a couple generations of Gophers fans. It's been a long time since we've seen a peak like this. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on Mackie and Jeb with Rami.